On Wednesdays, we watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me, as always, is Jesse. Oh, hey. And Caitlin. Hi. <laughs> and today, we are talking about Season 4, Episode 13 of One Tree Hill, titled Pictures of You, which, fun fact, is a song by The Cure. Yeah, it is. And did not immediately make me go to that other song that was like, I don't know, mid to late. Simpson? Th- that or like there was this Pictures oh. of You song that was like from some rock band like in the 2010s that was like literally everywhere for like ABC's fall promo schedule. It was the dumbest thing ever. You know what I'm talking about, Caitlin? I know what you're talking about. And that was the song I thought that this song was. No, that's it's not, because it was after this show, because it's a song by The Cure. But yes, I'm like, that song would have actually worked really well for this. But this episode predates that song, and we'll probably never find out what that song is actually called. Probably it's called Pictures View. Who knows? I'm we'll find working out. working on it. Coolio. Um, yes. I don't know what the it was. The Last Good Night Pictures of You. That sounds right. That's probably it. Pictures of You, Pictures of Me lyrics is what yes. it is. That's it. That that's would be the it. one. That Hung up on it. your wall for the world to see. Pic- pictures yep. of you. Yep. Pictures yep. of me. That yep. I really also think that's what this song was. Yep. Nope. It's so not that song. I don't think it is. I don't think that's a cover. No. I, no it's not. No. Yeah. No. Okay. So there we go. So there's anyway. that. Mystery, mystery <laughs> song. So. While that song does not play over the top of this, it is a cold open. We don't even get an opening. Um, we don't we don't get Gavin DeGraw this episode because it's all too important. We just get the black title screen and we and the black title screen like does a does a um, oh, no, I just forgot the name of it. Uh, PowerPoint edit. Pa- thank you. A PowerPoint yeah. like swipe up <laughs> uh, yep, to yep. reveal Chad Michael Murray's really bad jeans. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the, the 2007 jeans. Yes. Yep. Are we in 2008 yet? We might be. We might know we're till 2007. Yes. Class of 07. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So we cold open with Lucas standing in the hallway of the school. And while the students rush around him in super speed because they edit it and it cuts through all of the characters in this episode that we see. And Lucas does a voiceover about how quickly someone's life can change. Can it change in a year, a month, a week, a day? How about one hour? Do you think one hour can change your life? And it immediately then goes to um, all of our uh, school characters, all our kid characters in class together with, I'm just going to say it, the coolest teacher at Tree Hill High besides Whitey. Like, he is the coolest guy ever. A brand new teacher. Also, the janitor from the Breakfast Club. Am I right or wrong? I think it's uh also... The um, the the hairstylist from the Princess Diaries. No, it no, is not. No, it's not. That, him. that is a different person. Yes. Uh, okay. no, but the when he was writing, we'll we'll get to it in a second. But Jock Prom Queen Geek, all that yes. shit. I'm like, yes. this is fun because you were in the Breakfast Club. Good job, good job, One True Hill. Good uh-huh. job. Good, good job, good <laughs> job. There, you know the yeah. Good job casting department for casting this guy as this role. As, like I said, the coolest teacher. And I'm kind of sad. This is all we get of him because he's kind of great. He's better than the shitty English teacher. The uh, manipulative 
former model douchebag, whatever the hell his name was. Um, yeah, they're better than kind of all of them. So does that mean in the line of Harry Potter cursed teachers, we've now reached Lupin? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like we've reached Lupin. Since this yes. position is cursed. Have we now reached Lupin or is it Mad-Eye before we realized it wasn't Mad-Eye? <laughs> Who well, knows? is this English? What class is this? Yeah, who knows? I don't even know what class I this actually is. I think it's English. Is. I'm assuming English. Okay. All right. Why? Coolio. Great. Great, great, great. Yeah, no, but I like him because, I mean, my favorite thing is it was Uno night at our house and it was a bloodbath and I care not to discuss it any further. My favorite line. So relatable. Cute. Hashtag yes. relatable. Yes, yes. <laughs> if there's not bloodshed during your Uno game, you're playing it wrong. Same with yes. phase 10. Oh, phase God, 10. Yes. Oh, yeah, my yeah, family yeah. gets violent during phase 10. It's bad. <laughs> if, yes. My if dad, you, who doesn't swear, starts swearing. If you're uh-huh. playing phase 10 or Uno and cards aren't thrown at jugulars, like, what are you even doing? See, <laughs> my, my family's old-fashioned. That way we play hearts, and that's what gets, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The names are thrown out. And can you tell folks, we've not recorded in like, I don't know, a month. So tangents are just going to run wild. Roll with it, kids. We're having a good yep, time. You know that's what we're to. here for. Yes, yes. So we're with the cool teacher. And um, he talks a bit about stuff, about how, you know, we know you're seniors. You're almost done here. This is just one hour, blah, 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 blah. And he ends up writing five categories on the board that each high school kid normally fits in. The stereotypes. They are jock prom queen geek loner and friendly and which is slut yes yes friendly because brooke says slut and he says let's call it friendly yes and he then asks shelly clean teen shelly's in the class how she sees mouth and she says well i guess he's nice and he goes well nice in this connotation would mean friendly but that would mean you're calling mouth a slut (laughs) so what is mouth and she finally laments and says well he's a geek which kind of hurts mouth's feelings poor guy and they start to describe everyone based on their category you know lucas and nathan are jocks brooks a prom queen um rachel's friendly um (laughs) peyton um they say prom queen and she's like oh no i'm a total loner and then glenda pipes in who if we remember she was in episode 316 um where she was in the gym where her mom was looking for her and she'd said that Brooke Davis was her best friend. So then Brooke ta- ended up talking to Glenda afterwards. And now we see that Glenda is a bit of a goth, which I think we saw her before where she'd gone goth, which was kind of cool. And yeah, Glenda pi- she was in the um, she was in the episode when clean teens were first introduced and she kind of yes. gave Brooke the lowdown on on Shelly. Shelly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Glenda pipes up and says, no, no, no. You're a cheerleader who's dating a basketball star. You're a prom queen. I'm a loner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then he kind of goes even deeper and asks people some personal questions. He goes, Haley, what's Lucas's middle name? And this is when we first heard Eugene. And she goes, oh, God, I'm so sorry. And everyone laughs. laughs. And then he asks Lucas the same question about Glenda. He can't answer that question because he doesn't know her middle name. Yes. Well, he has name. Yeah. Oh, yes, for her last name. Yes, last yeah. name. Middle names are not as like commonly known. Like I, I no, would argue that true. even like some of my closest friends, I don't know what their middle names are, and I just true. say Marie for everybody. True, like true, if true. I'm full naming them. <laughs> true. So the only reason I knew, I knew a lot of my classmates' middle names, but that's literally because I'm not going to kid you. 
85% of my graduating class, we were in preschool together. Hashtag small town living. Like, right, right. literally, I, yeah, we all grew up together. So we knew each other's middle names by then. But yeah. Um, and then, so cool teacher then um, randomly divides the kids in pairs. Half of them have to put their name in a hat. The other half have to draw. And the pairs come out as follows. Shelly is with Mouth. Haley is with Skills. Rachel's with Bevan. Glenda's with Lucas. And when it gets to Peyton, Peyton has Chase. But she ends up tossing the paper to Brooke so Brooke can have Chase. And that means that Brooke or that Peyton gets who Brooke originally had, which was Nathan. And the girls smile at each other. And it's very, very sweet. I was like, sweet, wholesome moment between the two of them. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yes. Yes. So he sa- explains the assignment. They all have to split up in their pairs and they have a card of five questions they have to ask um, and talk to each other about. And then they have to take a photo of each other for the yearbook. And Brooke makes a quip about, well, because um, the whole point of this, is, and I should say that the whole point of this is that, you know, you've got these stereotypes in school, but they're about to graduate. And when that happens, they will be able to erase all those stereotypes and be whoever they want to be out in high school so um brooke makes a quip about what if i don't want to change and i'm already fabulous enough but the teacher says oh no i've heard that you're the girl who's failing calculus according to mr so-and-so the drag uh-huh um, that was like he didn't even miss a fucking beat he was he was literally <laughs> like well according to my friend mr miller you're the girl who's failing calculus yep. and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Shots fired. Shots fired, Mr. Cool Teacher. Um, Yes. So then they all kind of leave the classroom and start splitting up. And um, you can kind of see like Glenda wants nothing to do with Lucas. Chase immediately runs away from Brooke as she's trying to run after him. Um, And so we start with Lucas and Glenda. They start the assignment and they're supposed to tell something personal to each other. And she ends up saying, oh, here's something personal. My last name's Farrell and walks off. And then Chase is upset with Brooke and tells her he just wants the truth as to why she lied about being able to tutor him in calculus and how she got an A on that last test. And Brooke is like, I will tell you everything. Just give me a chance. And he's like, "Okay, fine. Let's go talk. Then Mouth and Shelly start their assignment. And he tells her his little his middle name is Leonardo for something personal. And um, he's she's like, oh, that's super personal. He's like, why? You're, we're really not going to you know, say something super personal. And she's like, oh, I am. And tells him about the serious relationship that she had with the guy at summer camp. But when her parents found out, they stopped her from seeing him. And when she came back to school to see him, he had a new girlfriend. And that was the moment she thought of clean teens. And she runs off. Great. We're off to a great start here, kids. Cool. That was a very sad story for her. It was. It was. Like, because also then put the pieces together. That's also the guy who she got pregnant by mm-hmm. and had to have the abortion. Mm-hmm. So that's the part they don't talk about in that. But if you put the two stories together, that's what yep. happened. Right. So, yeah. And then we get to Skills and Haley, who Skills immediately, as soon as they leave the classroom, says, you cannot have this baby while we're together here. So <laughs> do not. Do not deliver this baby early. And then proceeds to take her to the roof of the school. Yep. Her how, that girl ass. On crutches, how that girl on crutches hobbled her way up to the roof of the school, I don't know. I'm sure there's prob- an elevator. Not to the roof. There were benches up there. Like were this there? is a like okay. this is like a, a rooftop courtyard circa high school musical. High school Can musical? I have this dance? Okay. So 
<laughs> they were also up there during High School Musical 1. So Okay. I stand corrected. It's her special place that makes her feel like she's in kindergarten. Dear God. <laughs> anyway, anyway, wrong high school. Skills and Haley, they're on the roof, and Skills shows her um, a factory in the distance that his father works at six days a week. And he tells her for his personal thing is that there is a job waiting for him in that factory if he does not get a scholarship to college. And when he's telling that story, the baby starts to kick. And Haley's like, I guess that's something personal. And let's skills feel the baby kicking for the first time. Cute. Hmm? That was very cute. They're my favorite pairing this entire episode. By yeah, the way. Very, very cute. Um, then we get Nathan and Peyton and Nathan takes Peyton to the boys locker room because um, they also quip about how it'll be just like the boy toy auction, except, you know, maybe even less uh, partial nudity and kissing or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of silly and stupid um but she's like oh you weren't kidding about the partial nudity since we're in the boys locker room and he takes her to the gym and um he tells her how um he takes her to the bench press that's there and he says the summer the summer a couple years ago he decided that he wanted to be really great at basketball but his dad said he was too skinny to be a good player so he ended up working out every day that summer even though it was hotter than hell and every time he'd add more weight he etched some initials into the weight and he and he etched ps for peyton sawyer it was the summer they started dating and he says they were good together weren't they until peyton tells him <laughs> to feel the knuckle in her hand and he's like what did you do that's insane and she's like no i broke it after i punched something after you broke up with me for the upteenth time we were horrible together nathan <laughs> he's like yes. yeah you're right I was hoping you'd forget or something like it was so silly. Like, oh, thank you wait. for reminding him, Peyton, because that was the <laughs> yeah. first thing I wrote down yeah, when right? he's like, we were good together. I'm like, no, no you weren't. No, you, you were terrible weren't. together. Yeah. Uh, yes. Then we go to Bevan and Rachel who uh, go to a bathroom and Rachel barricades the door and says this assignment makes her want to get high. And she means literally because Rachel pulls out a joint and lights it up. Dear God. Oh, no. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then Brooke and Chase go to the tutor center, and Brooke explains to him that she got a copy of the, the key to the test files, and she stole the test. She also admits that she doesn't believe in clean teens, but she stayed in it for him to get to know him better. And that's the one thing she's been honest about is her feelings for him. And he says, I guess that doesn't matter now, does it? Mama. Then, then we go to Mouth and Shelly, who um, he goes, he comes back to her and apologizes for being so harsh before and asks to start over. And she calls him a nice guy again. And Mouth says he hates being the nice guy and the good friend and all that stuff. And for once, he'd like to be the dangerous guy sometime, not to be so safe. And... Then we get to the next question, which is they have to do a celebrity impersonation. I hated all of this. I want you to know <laughs> I was inside out during this entire portion of the episode. Oh I loved every second of this part. It was so stupid. So Mouth starts and he does a really bad impersonation of Dick Vital, who is a famous sports announcer. Great. Great, great, great. Then we see Lucas. Being a very bad Captain Jack Sparrow. Second time we have seen this impression from uh-huh. Chad Michael Murray. Uh-huh. He's really proud of that impression. He so, so is. 
Or you know, it's just like the script just said people give their best celebrity impersonations and the director was just like, all right, who you got? Let me have it. We'll, we'll uh, use whatever we want. Honestly, my my headcanon is that Chad is very, very proud of the fact that he can do that impression. Oh, yeah. And he was like, much. I've got it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got this. I got this. So he does Jack Sparrow. Haley does a really bad impersonation of Ashley Olsen. <laughs> Which so stupid just, of me. It was Mary Kate Olsen because she's like, my twin sister, Ashley. Oh, right. Me, yes. I should really eat something. It's like, yes. whoa. whoa. All yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Nathan and Peyton both do Borat, which is hilarious. That was the best part of this whole sequence. Was right? <laughs> Nathan doing the Borat voice? Yes. Yeah. Both, both of them, them both of them doing, yeah, Borat. doing yeah. the Borat voice. And then we get to Haley again, and she ends up doing uh, Joey from Dawson's Creek. Which, what? Okay, great. Katie Holmes, have at it. And then Lucas, the last one is Lucas, who does Gollum, which makes Glenda laugh and says he does a really good Elmo. And I. Perfect burn. Perfect burn. It was great. It was great. (laughs) But the look of devastation on Lucas's face when she did that, he was just like, what? No. What? (laughs) Also, Haley doing Scarface with her crutches. Oh, God, I forgot about Scarface. They're all of my little friend. Oh my god, I can't. I can't. Oh. oh. Um, we missed a very important Haley line read earlier. When uh I feel like it's when Skills first brought her up to the roof and he uh-huh. said, uh, I only like something like I only brought you up here because this is the shiznit. And Haley like crutches over to the lip of the roof and goes, This is really is the shiznit. And I'm like, <laughs> no. I blocked that out of my brain. Oh, I think so did I. Reason. I think with good reason I blocked that it out. Was, it was, uh, yeah, just yeah. exactly what you would expect. Great, 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 great. So then we move on to the next question, which is admit something that worries you or something you're afraid of. And Mouth, uh, we go to Mouth and Shelly, and Mouth says to Shelly that um, Shelly is actually that for him because she's very pretty and it's kind of intimidating to him. Peyton and Nathan end up at the the gym and Nathan says being a father scares the hell out of him. And Haley with skills says she can't wait to be a mom, but she's afraid of not being able to leave her mark on this world. That and clowns scare her. Great, great, great. Bevan asks Rachel what she's afraid of and Rachel is too high to care. She loves that for her. (laughs) Dear God. Oh, Rachel. Yeah. The the Bevan and Rachel storyline of this episode was the wildest ride I think uh-huh. I've been on in a in a while in this show. Yes. By in a while, I mean since Scary Derek uh tased yeah. everybody. No, just kidding. This show is just completely stupid and wild and but it of this episode, the wildest uh ride of the the whole thing. There we go. There we go. When did Ra- when did be- being a pothead become part of Rachel's character? <laughs> uh when did, when did we start this episode? She <laughs> right. she's, she's a bad girl, Caitlin. She's a bad girl and bad girls do yeah. drugs and have sex. She's got a leather coat on, leather jacket. Ooh. She's got to smoke weed in the bathroom now. <laughs> What's really Great. sad is by all of these standards I am also a bad girl. (laughs) 
Obviously. Leather jacket? Check. Does weed? Check. <laughs> Has sex? Not in a while, but check. <laughs> Caitlin, are you friendly? Sadly, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Oh, not as friendly as I could be. <laughs> I could be friendlier. If given the opportunity, I could be very friendly. <laughs> Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> okay. So then anyway. uh, yes, so then we go back to Brooke and Chase and Brooke tells Chase that she was afraid she wouldn't be enough for him. So that's why she lied to him. And she tells him she's always afraid of not being enough. And Chase responds with how is that possible? You know, she's captain of the cheerleading squad, she's student council president, all that kind of stuff. And she says maybe he should ask her parents since they haven't called her in a month and a half. And she asks what that says about her. And Chase says it says more about her parents than it does her. So then we go to Glenda and she says that she's afraid of her mom. Glenda then uh, talks about how she stole her mom's diamond earrings and she can only wear them at school um, because, you know, obviously then her mom would see her in them. And Lucas is like, why did you steal them? And she says, because she loves these diamond earrings more than me. And Lucas then shows... It's, I guess, I don't know. The, that's not the mom that we met uh, the uh, day of the school shooting, really. You know, it's, uh, I mean, I would argue that's an extenuating circumstance. Yeah. This, that's because Dan, we all know, is, you know, an a horrible okay shit father on a good day. <laughs> and he was wildly concerned about the whereabouts of his children. This yeah. is true. Yes. You know, so yeah. I think that you would call that extenuating. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then, if you I if you remember correctly, like in 316, when Brooke finds Glenda, Glenda's like, oh, no, I'm hiding from her because mm-hmm. I want her to feel I want her to know how it feels to miss me. Mm-hmm. Right. So the fact that her mom is there and looking for her is and, and like concerned is definitely like it's made pretty clear then that that's an extenuating circumstance. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. So then while Lucas and Glenda are talking, they go to his locker and he shows her what he's afraid of. Um, it's uh, the first draft of the novel that he's writing. It's very personal to him. And he says, um, you know, basketball was his dream was dream. Number one, this is dream number two. And what scares him is if this novel sucks, if his writing sucks, he doesn't know what he's going to do then because he doesn't know what other dream he's got besides basketball and writing. So there's that. Then we go to the next question, which is, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And Rachel, being Rachel, says she'll be 28 in 10 years. Good job, Rachel. She's high and can do math. Yay, yay. But she's not the one who's bad at calculus and math. So there's no. there's that. There's that. It's Brooke. Um, speaking of Brooke, she says in 10 years, she wants her fashion line to be successful. Chase wants to either be a pilot or an X Games champion. Nathan hopes that Haley has some platinum albums. Dan learns how to be a good grandparent. Deb is alive and sober. And his son hopefully has a killer crossover dribble. Peyton immediately catches on and goes, OK, that's everybody else. But where do you see yourself in 10 years? Nathan says, if everyone else's dreams are there for them in 10 years, he'll be just fine. But Peyton reminds him that his dreams are important, too. 
And she doesn't want him to neglect his dreams for everybody else's and end up being bitter like Dan is now. She's got a good point there, that Peyton Sawyer. She really does. Yeah. Then Skills tells Haley that he wants to play basketball overseas in 10 years. He doesn't need to be in the NBA. He can play overseas somewhere. And Haley says she would love to be playing music in 10 years. But if not, that's all right. And Shelly tells Mouth that she would be happy just to be in love with a boy who loves her and have a big fat tabby cat to come home to. That was very sweet. It was very sweet. Very sweet. Very very sweet. Mm -hmm. And Lucas says, you know, um, he would love to coach the Ravens in 10 years if his writing doesn't work out. You know, you know, Whitey's retiring and he loves this place. And Glenda says the exact opposite. She wants to get away as soon as she possibly can. And then we go back to Haley and skills. And Haley starts to think that, you know, maybe in 10 years she could be a teacher. She loves tutoring and she loves watching people get it when she tutors them. And so then the last question of the assignment is tell your partner a secret. So Brooke tells Chase that Rachel better that she couldn't sleep with him within three dates. But Brooke tells him that she would never ask him to compromise his beliefs or pressure him in any way. She wanted him to know that even though she has no chance with him now. And Chase asks her if that's all and there's no more secrets between them. And she says there aren't. And then he says, "Okay, my secret is, is that you're enough and that he does actually like her. Doll. So cute. I know we've spent a lot of time talking about how great Nathan is uh-huh. <laughs> and like, yeah, but also where the fuck is my chase? Chase Adams. <laughs> like, yes. Just don't yes. get me wrong. I wouldn't mind a Nathan, but where the fuck is chase? <laughs> like I would like him to come waltzing through that front door. That would be great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then uh, we go back to Bevan and Rachel And Bevan has had enough of Rachel's shit and asks her if she's actually going to participate in this assignment. And Rachel's like, fine. She admits to her that she's never really felt anything with any of the guys she slept with. And she thought getting her new body would help with all of that and would be good for her. But it really didn't help anything at all for her. And Bevan admits that sometimes she wishes she could be a guy. And... You know, just be a dude and not have to worry about being a girl. And Rachel says, maybe that's her problem. Maybe she's into girls. To which Bevan's solution is to just kiss Rachel. (laughs) And asks Rachel, did you feel anything? And Rachel's like, no. She's like, all right, then you're not into girls. Simple as that. Bisexual icon, (laughs) Bevan. Get it, it, Bevan. Gender like, fluid bisexual icon Bevan. Right? <laughs> Love her. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, he literally goes, I'm a really good kisser. So if you were in the girls, you'd know. Right. right. Also the presumption of like, I'm a great kisser and I'm really pretty. If you if you liked girls, you would be into me. <laughs> like right? that presumption, that confidence. Uh, like, excellent. <laughs> So good and stupid. I love it. Uh, So then Skills and Haley. Skills shows Haley the letter um, that he got that tells him if he got a full ride scholarship or not to college. And he hasn't opened it yet. And Haley encourages him to read it. And he says he will if she will tell him her secret. 
And Haley tells him that she sometimes feels very disconnected and uncomfortable in her own skin. Like she doesn't belong there. And she's worried that her son will feel the same way when he grows up. And Skills tells her he won't feel that way because he's going to have the kids back no matter what. So cute. So, (laughs) yes. Then we go to Glenda and Lucas. And Glenda shows Lucas some birth control pills. And she explains, I have the birth control pills, but I don't take the birth control pills. And Lucas is like, why do you not take the birth control pills? Because she's like, I don't need them, all right? (laughs) And the reason she got them is because her mom was the popular girl when she was in high school. And her mom constantly teases Glenda about not being the popular girl in high school. And so Glenda ended up creating an imaginary boyfriend and sending herself flowers and gifts and things like that um, to get her get her mom off her back. But then she told her mom that they were her and her boyfriend were getting serious and that she should get on the pill. And her mom dragged her to the doctor and told her, I don't know who would sleep with you, but here you go. Have the pill. And Glenda's response was, well, I don't know who would sleep with you, but here I am. Gross. This is just like. Much in the theme of uh, Breakfast Club, it is just like one set of shitty parents after another Mm -hmm. being discussed. And it's like these poor kids. Yeah. Yeah. So and then we find out that because of that conversation, that was eight weeks ago. Glenda and her mother have not spoken since. So then we go to Nathan and Peyton and Nathan admits to Peyton about Deb's overdose And he tells her he hasn't told anybody except Haley about it. And he tells her that he admits that deep down he kind of felt relief. If at the prospect of his mom passing away, because then she's just done and not hurting anymore. And he's like, how horrible is that? But Peyton, to lighten the mood, immediately says, I can't whistle. And 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 she tries to whistle and can't. And it's hilariously stupid. And. Nathan's like, you can't whistle that. That's so sad. (laughs) It's yeah. Those two. I love those two together. I do too. They honestly, they were terrible together. Like as a couple, but they have a really great friendship. And I think that they have the friendship they have because they were so bad together Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they saw each other at their worst. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's made them extremely good friends. And yeah. I just, I love that he, especially Nathan has, has someone other than Haley mm-hmm. who will call his ass out and mm-hmm. isn't afraid to hurt his feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it, Haley is afraid to hurt his feelings. They're getting better, but Haley and Nathan have never had the kind of trust yet that they can just say exactly what's on their mind unfiltered. To and each I mean, other. if you actually think about it, Peyton and Nathan have known each other the longest mm-hmm. at, out of out of the out of the friend group. Peyton is the one that Nathan's known the longest out of any of them. Probably Nathan knew, you know, hey, or uh, Peyton and Brooke longer than obviously Lucas and Haley. But, you know, he knows Peyton the longest and knows her the best and the longest out of any of them. So, yeah. I just, I love it. I think they're great together as friends. Terrible as a couple, but great. Because the other option is Tim, and Tim is at his special school. Yes. So, Peyton, if we're old friends. Just say he's slow, Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) And not to mention, 
Tim worshipped Nathan. Yeah. Nathan right. was so Tim not- was never, he was never going to be able to have an honest conversation no. about his feelings with Tim. <laughs> no. Because Tim, Tim would just be right. like, dude, you're Nathan Scott. Everything's going to be fine. Like, yeah. Tim was not Nathan's exactly friend. Tim was Nathan's lackey. Like, yeah. yeah. I wasn't talking about the like ability to trust yes. to call out Nathan. I was talking True. about the longtime good friends. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh God, yes. So then um we go to Shelly and Mouth and Shelly tells Mouth she has a pair of leather pants in her locker that she's been dying to wear. And Mouth agrees, but she says she's a clean teen and she has an image. And Mouth says, well change the image then. Listen and I am tired of this girl. Her answer for everything. I'm a clean teen. I hate it. I hate it a lot. It's like, Mm -hmm. we get it. But. Yeah. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. else? Yes. Um, Yes. So then, but Shelly tells him that before she took back her virginity, she was considered quote unquote friendly. And she wishes people didn't see her as friendly or a radical virgin, but just a girl. That's nice and sometimes dorky. And then Mouth chimes in and says, beautiful. And she immediately changes the subject about how does he know all about all this AV stuff? And he says um, he and Jimmy got into it together. And he admits to her that he misses Jimmy, but he has to keep it a secret because Jimmy killed Keith. And he can't feel sad or miss Jimmy in front of his friends. And that's so tough. I It is. I I really felt for Mouth in that moment because it's just like, uh, yeah, everyone has, you know, spent the last season grieving the things that happened in 316, but, like, everyone else has been kind of allowed to move on mm-hmm. and feel that grief, and Mouth can't. No. Yeah. And it's just, like, it sucks because it, boys are already taught, like, don't feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he now has to conceal don't feel don't because he might hurt someone else's feelings. Right. It's just, ugh, it's just so heartbreaking. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, that is who he is, though, which is another thing where boys are not able to, like, show, you know, boys are taught to conceal their feelings and stuff. Like, he's also been kind of taught that he's he never gets the girl because he's nice but mouth is a nice guy like and that is not an insult or a character mm-hmm. flaw like he is like he thinks it is you know yeah. and that's what i find so tough about this episode and how he is like all his like self-talk how he talks mm-hmm. about himself it's you know, he's like, stop calling me nice. It's like, you're fucking nice mouth. That like, that is a good thing. (laughs) You know? Uh, yeah, no, I, I love mouth so much. And, uh, I think he needs to embrace being a geek and embrace being nice. Like when he gets to college and just run with it. That is my hope for mouth McFadden. There we go. Same. So Shelly then tells him she didn't get to tell him what she's afraid of. And she tells him that she's afraid of being there with him because she's a clean teen and he's hot. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So then uh, we go to Brooke and Chase and Brooke 
apologizes to Chase again about everything, but he is he's done with her apologizing and stops her apologizing by kissing her. And it's adorable. So I'm here for it. Yes. Then we go back to Mouth and Shelly and Mouth says, did you just call me nice looking just to make up for the geek comment? And she says, no, I called you hot to which he responds by kissing her. Hell yeah. Immediately pulls away and says, but I'm a clean teen. And Mouth says, Mouth says, so what? And they kiss again. Yeah. Get it, Mouth. (laughs) Confident Mouth has entered the building. Yes. Uh Get it, Marvin. Get it, Marvin. Yes. No, Marvin has entered the building. (laughs) Marvin Marvin Leonardo McFadden is here. He's going to rip off your clean teen baseball t-shirt. Hold on. Hold on to your butts. Literally, he tells her to take her shirt off. Uh-huh. He really does. And yes. That was... Sorry. I was having big feelings about Mouth this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we will fair. get. We, we will get to that. So, put a pen in that one. We'll, we'll be back to Mouth taking people to take their clothes off. So then... So then we go to Glenda and Lucas, and she tells him that he needs to give his manuscript to someone who won't go easy on him. Who's going to tell him the truth. And she tells him that she also lied earlier and says that she's actually going to miss tree Hill. And she just wishes she could have maybe tried harder when she was here. And Lucas then starts talking to her about, you know, being here and all that kind of stuff. And as he's talking, Glenda just interrupts and says, you would have made a great goth, you know, a bit tortured and a loner, but very kind. (laughs) And then she tells him she has an idea for his picture great (laughs) then we go to rachel and bevan and rachel is happy that the class is almost over and of course insults bevan in the process but bevan tells her that her stupidity is kind of just an act and she tells her she does this so the girls can always have their way because they need it to be that way but she tells her once she's out of high school she can do and be whoever she wants and start over with a clean slate and thus Bevan is the wisest of us all, even if she doesn't know where North is. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Bevan is wise. Very wise. Intelligent? Maybe. Eh. Not. (laughs) Wise? Yes. Yes. Then we go back to Mouth and Shelly, and between kissing each other, Mouth tells Shelly that she needs to go get those leather pants and take her shirt off. Uh. And she's like, what? (laughs) Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Which then cuts back to immediately to Peyton and Nathan asking Peyton asking Nathan to take his shirt off. And he's like, oh, you just want to get me naked. She's like, no, shut up. But no. And she says, I got to tell you this before the bell rings. But she tells him he's doing great. But to put himself first sometimes. She and gives him just, a big old hug. She does. She gives a big old hug, says that to him and then says, all right, now take it off. Let's see the merchandise. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's do it. Chop, chop. Then uh, back to Skills and Haley and Skills asks Haley to open the letter for him. And she does. And she tells him he has to go back into that factory and tell his father that he just got a full ride scholarship to college. Cruel. Cruel. (laughs) Skills calls her out and says, that was just mean. That was cruel. That was evil. And I'm not going to lie. I teared up at that moment because it's (laughs) so good for Skills. It's so so nice. I love it. He, he even says, he was like, I just almost jumped off this fucking roof. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yes. 
then uh, then Brooke and Chase. Uh, Brooke asks him if one class can change your life forever. And he asks her if she still thinks she isn't good enough. And Brooke says, I don't think that ever goes away, but I guess I just have to live with it and end up using it in my life. And Chase is like, all right, I have an idea for your picture. And then we get to the ending montage of the episode, which is everyone taking their pictures. So I'll go through these and we can kind of discuss them all at the end if we want. So Chase takes Brooke's picture first and she's in front of the projector screen, the um, overhead projector. Um, And what he's done is they've wrote all these ways that you're not good enough on the projector. So they're projected onto Brooke. And it's a very cool picture. Chase's picture is of him on a skateboard doing a trick. And as he lifts up the skateboard, we see clean teen on it. Nathan's is of him shirtless, holding two basketballs out in front of a mural of a Raven. So the wings look like they're his wings, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. That's a great Uh, shot. It's that a was my shot. favorite one. Yeah, it's, gr- it's a great shot. Peyton's is Nathan surprising her because if we don't forget recent events, Peyton does not like having her picture taken anymore. <laughs> and she punches Nathan in the face. She does. She does. <laughs> she does. Or tries to. I love to. that for yes. her. <laughs> yes. Shelly's is hers in her leather pants, topless while she's holding her boobs. And teen is written across her chest. Not clean teen, but just teen. And I like that. Can we talk about the fact that she was okay with taking this photo that's going to be in the yearbook, uh-huh. right? but making out with mouth isn't okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, she, she's fine with making out with mouth. It's yes. This is, this is not for this episode. She's just not okay with like her friends knowing that she's making out with mouth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Mouth's picture is of him in sunglasses, a la like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I feel like. And <laughs> Shelly is kissing his cheek while she takes a picture of them. And it's cute. And while they're taking their pictures, uh, Mouth asks Shelly to prom and Shelly accepts his promposal. Cute. Cute, cute, cute. cute. Bevins is, might be my favorite, which <laughs> is her standing at the boys urinal in the boys bathroom while some other guy walks in and just stands right next to her. And then Bevan turns around or turns her head around and she's standing at the urinal and it's kind of hilarious (laughs) while these guys are in shock of like, dude, there's a girl here. (laughs) Actually there's two because Rachel's taking the picture. Yep. Then Rachel's picture is of course it's off center and it's blurry because Bevan took it. (laughs) Great. Great. Haley's is of her uh, being lifted up by skills and skills is his holding his acceptance letter to college. Then Lucas's um, is Lucas's picture is of him done up as a goth, which oddly works for him. And at the end of the school day, Lucas ends up giving his uh, manuscript to Glenda and asks her opinion on it. And he also says today was awesome to her mother's surprise. And we see that her picture, because the camera snapshots, it's of her smiling in her mom's car. And Lucas's voiceover at the end does say that one hour can change everything. And the episode ends. Cute. Yes. So what did we think of the episode, kids? I love this episode. Mm -hmm. It just makes me happy. Yes, it's it's the episode that um, that we get, I think, almost every season where, you know, they split them off 
into their own pairs and they go do their own thing. We get this every season. And this one might be my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, this and Boy Toy Auction were, I think, up there. <laughs> yeah, Boy Toy Auction's In great. The same this level. One, and Dare yeah. Night. Oh, Dare Night's good. They're, <laughs> they're all good. I think they'll end up being some of our favorite episodes of the season, always. Because mm-hmm. um, they're just great. And I love the fact that it's not just our main characters is that we get, you know, we get Glenda and Chase and Shelly involved. And it's mm-hmm. really kind of nice to have it be and that. Bevan. And Bevan. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's not just the usual main suspects here with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was a point in time when Skills and Haley were up on the roof that Haley was laying down on her back and you could see her pregnancy pad. Oh. Um, and mm-hmm. it was very, very fun. And I liked mm-hmm. that a lot. Yep. And then they also played, uh, I believe it's Leonard Skinner's Tuesday's Gone when they were sharing secrets. And that is the uh-huh. ultimate sharing secrets in a movie song. Yep. And uh, I really appreciated it. Like yep. the, once again, soundtrack for this episode slapped. Yeah. Um, well, and they end with Bob O'Reilly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which was great. Yeah. No, I liked it a lot. I, uh, I don't know. I love seeing mouth like be like thrive suave, thrive confident you know, confident yeah mm-hmm. any anytime we get lots of mouth in an episode i'm happy let's yeah. be honest <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's it's i i like this episode because it does really feel like this is the beginning of the end mm-hmm. right it really does feel like it's the beginning of the end of their senior year of high school and it's treated as such, and we get so much, I think, really a lot of growth and development from most of the characters um, with stuff. Mostly, you know, like Mouth, Brooke, Skills, Haley, that kind of stuff. Um, oh, also, Jesse, what did you think about Lucas's great American novel? Nah, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about the very personal manuscript. Shred it. Shred it. It's going to be garbage. And I hope Glinda tells him as such. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. I hope they have an end of senior year bonfire on the beach. Like they had a beginning of senior year bonfire and they use it for kindling. That is wow. what I think about his novel. <laughs> Wow. Okay then. <laughs> All right. Well then anything else Damn. we want to add anything else we want to add about this episode? Are we just gonna end on burning the manuscript? Burn it. <laughs> I guess that's where we're ending. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us out in the long run. We so appreciate you guys taking your time listening. Follow us on social media. We are everywhere you can find us at On Wednesdays Pod. Uh, we live most often on Instagram and Facebook, so hit us up there. And yeah, we will see you guys next week for another wonderful episode of On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill. We'll see you guys then. Bye! Burn it, burn it.